What's up, millionaires, especially for all of you out there that have been exploring the endless opportunities of starting your own podcast. I think it's only right I tell you about Anchor because I use Anchor to host my own podcast, The Million Dollar Mind, and not just because it's free like all hosting platforms should be, but Anchor offers unlimited space for content, free distribution on major platforms like your Apple, Spotify, Google, etc., free mobile and desktop recording tools. And the best part is you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. To learn more about Anchor, be sure to visit anchor.fm or follow the link in the show notes. I'll see you there. What's going on, millionaires? You're listening to the Million Dollar Mind podcast, episode 116 on why people get a coach. What's up, millionaires? My name is Awilda Rivera, and I'm known for being a coach, a yogi, a real estate investment expert, an author, and a spiritual advisor. Today, I'm really excited to be here to talk to you guys about what you can expect uh, when you look for a coach or what you should be looking for when you're vetting individuals who call themselves coaches, um, why that might be beneficial for you in your career or in your life path, and why you should explore different options. Make sure you lock in with us on the Million Dollar Mind podcast. Keep listening. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mind podcast, the number one podcast in passion and attraction in the world right now. Thanks to each and every one of you for tuning in week in, week out. This is the only place for tips and tricks on identifying your passions and attracting opportunities to make a living while living your dreams. Today's guest, an amazing guest, and I'm super excited to you know have this conversation uh, with her. We have a Wilder Rivera, who you heard from briefly uh, in the beginning. Like she said, she's a real estate investor, a mentor and coach also was not familiar at first of the spiritual advisor piece. I definitely want to touch bases on that, but Awilda also has a passion for learning new languages and relearning Italian. So briefly, Awilda, let's just like start with that, right? How did you, um, you know, when did you start relearning Italian and what kind of made you want to get back into learning that? Yeah. So um, basically, do you know, during the pandemic, everybody had different things they were getting back into or picking up. And honestly, for years before that, I had really wanted to to do it. I'm a, a lover of languages. I, I'm a native speaker of Spanish. Um, my family's Puerto Rican. And then I studied Italian and studied abroad when I was in college, um, which was like a kind of a bucket list thing to live abroad in Italy. And I got to do that. And after that, you know, I, it always kind of stayed with me, but mm -hmm. I didn't have access to the type of, you know, talking every day or rye television to just keep it, keep it current. But, you know, with the invent of modern technology, what I realized recently, and, you know, this was a limiting belief that I, I think a lot of your listeners might be able to relate to you. You have this, this block in your mind where you're like, oh, I can't go back to learning Italian because like, oh, I have to pay $300 to sit in a class or I got to find something and go in person. And you just have all these things that you're assuming without mm -hmm. recognizing that it's 2021, Owilda, you you know, there's this incredible platform called Preply out there where you can learn any language with an individual one-on-one -on -one tutor from a native speaker from that country while they're in that country for any amount of money. Wow. 
I didn't even know about that. You just put me on. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's an incredible. And so I was lucky to find, you know, this woman who I think of like, you know, like an auntie or like a young granny who is just so sweet. We laugh a lot. She's very good at the grammar part. And it's been great to, to pick it back up. And now because Netflix and everything is all international, there's tons of Italian movies and shows on Netflix, on Hulu, so on HBL. So it's it's cool to to get back in uh, submerged in that world and uh, exercise my brain in a different way. Awesome. Awesome. Love to hear it. And it's, it's always interesting and fascinating to learn about the reasons why people go into, you know, learning things that is outside of like what people typically like want to go learn about, you know, you want to pick up an additional thing, like learning Italian. I think that's pretty cool to, to, to learn about now, as far as the experiences that you've had, you know, currently and in your past, the world, how did those experiences mold you to become the Awilda Rivera that's sitting with us today for today's episode. Yeah, I mean, so I, in like three sentences, basically grew up in and around some of the most um, notable neighborhoods or hoods uh, in New York City as a kid. Mm -hmm. A lot of different projects, um, stuff like that. So I uh, saw a lot of things growing up. I was exposed to a lot of different things. And my you know, the thing that drove me was always helping people, connecting mm -hmm. with people. That's part of the reason why I like speaking different languages, because that just means I can speak to more people. I can understand more people. Um, and I went, I originally thought I was going to be a lawyer and a doctor, um, but I went to law school and I graduated and I was clerking um, in 2009, 2010. And I actually had a mild heart attack at the age of 26. Um, and I had had some signs that maybe being a lawyer wasn't the right thing for me prior to that, but I was so committed to this lifelong dream, you know, of being a lawyer, of achieving this thing that no one in my family had ever done, the first to graduate college, the first to graduate um, graduate school, you know, the first to go into that type of profession. But as I laid in my bed in the cardiac wing of Jersey City Medical Center at 26 years old, I was like, maybe I shouldn't be, maybe I shouldn't be a lawyer. Um, and that really put me on a path. That was about 11 years ago. And that put me on a path to really identify what else was out there for me where I could take all the skills and, and all the intelligence and know-how and abilities that I had and apply that in a way that would still allow me to help people, but um, in a way that would allow me to also be well. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, man, that, that's, that's strong. And um, sorry to hear that you went through that, but you know, it also sounds like you going through that better helped you identify something that was more aligned with your, your, your purpose and what you needed to be doing. Uh, so it's like everything ha kind of happens for a reason. Absolutely. Do you think that that was the opportunity that got you into coaching or was it something else that exposed coaching as a path for you? Well, the thing is, I'd actually been working as a coaching and like as a coach or advisor since I was 15 in different capacities. Like I worked, mm -hmm. I was in a program called Prep for Prep in New York, which is for gifted and talented young people. And once mm -hmm. you get to a certain age in that program, you're able to come back as a unit leader or assistant unit advisor and coach younger kids through that program. When I was in law school, I was in the minority student 
program. I was chosen for that. And I was also a facilitator for new students coming. So I've always had this role. I just never thought of it as a profession. Um, and so really what happened was that in 2012, uh, after being out here a year or so, like 2012, 2013, um, I had a shared out-of-body experience with my now husband, then boyfriend, um, but childhood friend of many years. And uh, that kind of reoriented me to um, my purpose or my dharma, whatever you want to call it, um, in terms of helping people from a holistic um, standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. And that really started with diving deeper into some of my spiritual abilities on a case-by-case basis, but then also understanding that the spectrum of people that are open to and or want to understand that is very small, and the amount of people that I could reach and offer something of value to is very large, Um, and it was actually my spiritual advisor who, in a very candid conversation, said, well, why aren't you being a coach, and I was like, you know what, I don't have a good answer for that, and believe it or not, on my grandmother. That was like a Tuesday and I went online because, you know, they say the universe spirit, God works in mysterious ways. And when you say you're ready, the opportunity will present itself to you. So I said, okay, well, you know what? I'm ready. That was Tuesday by Thursday. I had a program that said, okay, you know what? We're actually about to finalize our acceptance of this next cohort. But if you want to apply for a scholarship, you got to get it in by Friday I got it in by Saturday. I had been accepted and I had a 50% scholarship to this program. The wild thing is that that was happening in conjunction with me doing my first 200 hour yoga teacher training, which was something that I had planned for, for like a year. So now I'm doing my yoga teacher training and my coaching certification at the same time, which is again, the universe saying you want to help people holistically. Here's the opportunity. So those two trainings working in tandem was was really powerful. Um, And I was able to take a lot of what I learned there. And since then, in subsequent trainings in both disciplines to really help people make big changes. Yeah. Wow. That's that's fascinating. And and tell us a little bit about how you were able to, uh, I guess, balance or maintenance or manage all of that you had going on from the yoga that you were spending the whole year trying to, you know, get that um, taken care of to then switching gears to the, uh, to the coaching and also doing, you know, the holistic, you know, advising and things like that. Not to mention things that you got going on in your personal life and you know, <laughs> yeah. drama problems here, problems. How were you able uh, yeah. to, you know, manage all that? I mean, honestly, I will say I am human like everybody else. Um, mm-hmm there was a point where I realized that I wasn't doing a very good job managing that. And I really hope that the people that are listening, whoever needs to hear this receives it. There's nothing wrong with asking for help. There's nothing wrong for saying, yo, I'm capable of doing all these great things. And, you know, maybe I have a coach and that's working, but maybe it's like, I need to see a therapist, you know, mm-hmm. or maybe I need to, take some more self-care time and reflection time, right? Because that's a really important part of all of this. Um, And so I say that to say that while at some points I might have been doing well from the outside, initially, as I got on this journey, I wasn't always doing 
well on the inside. And so um, incorporating that extra piece of, of finding a, a therapeutic program or person that really could help me. And that might be different things at different times. You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. right now I've been seeing an actual person for over a year and it's been excellent but at some point when I wasn't ready for that it was exploring Reiki and meditation and really getting to know myself going to yoga you know what I mean because all those acts are those acts of self-care um really help you to get to know yourself and if you want to be a millionaire you want to you know you got to know yourself you're not going to be a millionaire not really knowing who the heck you are because you got to be able to make quick, decisive decisions about mm-hmm. what you're passionate about, why you're spending all this time, resources and energy, you know, and trying to hype other people around what you're doing. If you're not clear and you don't know why that's the thing that makes you tick. And this is facts. This is facts. You, you see it all the time. And I'm sure, you know, as a coach, you know, the the longer it takes for a person to figure out who they are the longer it takes for them to make decisions because they go from one place to the next place and just trying to figure out if this is even something that they have to do. And the more time you spend focusing on yourself, you know, you can meditate on something and make a, a, you can pretty much make decisions pretty quickly because you know, it aligns with your core values and your purpose and your passions and things like that. So, okay. That, that makes a lot of sense. Now switching gears, just, uh, just a bit, still sticking on the topic of coaching. I do want to talk about, you know, how you got into the real estate realm and, and coaching in, mm-hmm. in, in real estate mm-hmm. as well. How did, how did that door open for you? So, uh, you know, it's really funny because I, you always hear a lot of people being like, you know what, I did this and if I did it, you can do it too. And while that's true, there might be certain things that happen for me that they just don't have access to. And so I got to recognize that and I got to, kind of acknowledge that blessing and I have to use that to say hey you might not have access to this exact same thing that I have but let's see what resources you do have you see what I'm saying for whatever it is that you're trying to achieve so my husband actually has been in real estate for almost two decades he got into it when he was very young in his early 20s and has been in every different part of real estate since then from mortgages to credit restoration to everything and um he got back you know he's when the market crashed in the south in atlanta and really all over the world um it was difficult but he was able to kind of get back into it over time and got into development and through watching him really grow his development business and work with investors and working with him it really exposed me to a lot of different aspects very quickly of it you know and it's not to speak against any other agent out there you know people are just limited to whatever experience they have you know that's not a negative that's just what it is right? Like a neurosurgeon is not going to know a lot about your foot. You need to go to a podiatrist, you know, because he works with feet. Now, it's lucky for me that I'm with and exposed to on a 24-7, 365 basis, someone who is knowledgeable in all these areas. And I myself am interested in and am a quick study around these things. Again, 
that may not come easily to everyone. It may not be easy for everyone to just be like, you know what? I want to do real estate too. Let me just take this test and hang my license somewhere and like, hold up, why am I not doing this? You know, like my husband was telling me the other day that he sold 50 houses in two years and made a fraction of it because he was salaried. And he he just like didn't know any better. He's just a young guy, you know? So it's not everyone that comes into the game at 36, 35, and is like, you know, just working directly with investors. So I, I acknowledge that. But it's because of that that it makes me a good coach because I come from a legal background. I graduated from law school in 2009. Like I have a more um, practical and pragmatic understanding of all of the parts of a deal in terms of negotiation and all of that. Um, and then especially with agents that are just starting out. Now, there are certain aspects of the business that I would say really depend on what your market is. And when people come to me specifically for coaching, the reason why I have the business that I have and I've been able to work with the range of clients that I can work with is because what I do isn't limited to one industry in terms of mm -hmm. coaching. You feel me? Um, now, someone that comes to me and is interested in real estate, they have an extra benefit because I do have a lot of additional institutional knowledge in that industry. Mm -hmm. But as a coach, right, if you're someone that's listening to, to this podcast and you've been like, but how do I identify a good coach? A good coach is really able to help you understand what the things are that you are trying to accomplish, what your current capabilities are on a like a real talk basis, not on a like, oh, like you're so great. Like you're not paying them for that. They also shouldn't be crossing the line and getting into therapy. You're not paying them for that. They're not qualified to do that. They should be able to get you to whittle down to the boom. This is what I want to spend the next three, six, nine, 12 months of my life working on. Mm -hmm. It would make my life different because of these tangible reasons, right? And I need help getting there. And then that person should be able to tell you, okay, Tom, John, Toya, like, what are the things that you're capable of doing right now today that can move us forward and hold you accountable? help you grow your resources, help you identify the things that you need to do and help you get through the challenges that arise as you move towards that goal. Does that make sense? That, that makes a lot of sense. And I think that, I think your, your phone ding made it even better because it was like, this is the gym, pucker up and I'm about to drop some, I'm about to drop a nugget on you guys. So that was like, it was like perfect timing. And you definitely answered, you know, why people would hire a coach in the, in the first place, right? These are definitely all good reasons why someone would want to look at it, look at a coach. So if you're listening to this, you know, stop trying to think that you have to know everything. You have to figure it out on your own. You're literally mm -hmm. everything that the world is saying. These are the reasons why people hire a coach. Um, so, mm -hmm. I mean, from your experience, the world, what are some of the like number, what is like the number one thing that you see that delays or stops someone from getting into real estate or really any industry that they come to you for uh advice on how to really excel in that industry 
So I, I will speak about the general thing first, and then I'll speak about real estate second, because real estate mm-hmm. is a little bit of a unique situation. Mm-hmm. Um, but in general, across the board, oftentimes it's money, right? Oftentimes the, the number one barrier is people feeling that they have the money to invest in themselves, invest in their dreams, and then also not seeing how investing in themselves is important to moving the ball forward, right? Mm-hmm. Like, some of the top guys out there, you know, um, Richard Branson, uh, what's his name from Amazon that everyone can't, Jeff Bezos, all those guys, they spend a lot of money reinvesting in themselves. Mm-hmm. Like, A, you can write that off. <laughs> B, like, it's important for you to keep learning and growing. Every major profession, real estate, um, doctors, lawyers, you have continuing education that you're required to do, mm-hmm. right? Because you need to keep current on what's going on. Even if you're just like a massage therapist, you should be taking anatomy courses. Physical therapists, like if you're out here, you're selling cars, like you need to be knowing what's the new stuff, be going to the car shows, like you need to be on top of what's in your trade, right? So that means seeking out people that are good in your trade or people that can help you understand how to execute your trade better. And that is investing in yourself and investing in your business. So that's number one, right? Number two is limiting beliefs. Being like, oh, am I, can I do it? Is it worth it? Am I worthy? Can I make it happen? And guess what? Everyone's had those thoughts. They're going to keep happening. You don't think sometimes maybe even Oprah has the errant little annoying thought that still comes up. Like, (laughs) oh, you're just a little girl that someone raped, like you're ugly, this and that. And you know what? You think that she didn't have those thoughts coming up. And she had to swat those away and be bigger than that, overcome that and sit with that and acknowledge that. That's the only way you can slay that mm-hmm. is knowing that that's the real, that that's like a thing that you actually feel, not being like avoiding it and ignoring it. Right. Mm-hmm. So those are the two things overall in general. Right. Specifically with real estate. One is really not knowing where to start. And knowing that there's like there's a lot of brokerages out there that will start being like, oh my God, hang your thing here. We have no fees. We but we need hustlers. We need this. And they're just gonna work you into the ground. Right. And maybe if you're a young, if you're like 20 something, I wouldn't say that's a bad move. I would say do that because guess what? They're gonna make sure you have leads. You're gonna learn. It's gonna be like a boot camp especially if you're maybe someone who is like college isn't for me I tried it but I really want to do real estate I really want to learn it you got to be really willing to work hard like I posted something the other day that was like you know everyone used to say the thing oh like if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life but it's like nah I love what I do but I still gotta work (laughs) like you still gotta like show up and like there's some days where you like don't want to do it even when you love it because like you're 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 the person that's like yo you gotta you gotta show up mm-hmm. you know what I mean and like you gotta show up in such a way where your whole rest of your life doesn't get out of balance right so it's like I'm here right now doing this interview but I made sure that I prepared all the stuff to cook dinner 
So like I have a delicious home cooked meal as soon as I'm done with this. And I plan to work out at some point after digesting that because like I want to live and I don't want to have body pain. And I haven't Mm -hmm. been doing as much yoga in my personal practice as I should. So like you have to be like following your dream, but also remembering that you're still a human that is present. Like you can't just be so focused on the future that you don't live right now. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I, and I know that one, first of all, that was, that was an excellent answer to that, to that question. I know that that was, that definitely touched on the generalistic view of it, but it also sounds like that could equally be the same two reasons why people, you know, don't get into real estate as well. Would you agree? Yeah. I Money mean, absolutely. Because, yeah. Because also, and it depends like how you grew up. Right. As a kid growing up in the projects, like I I love the idea of doing real estate, but like, who did I know that was doing that? <laughs> you know, like personally, who was I exposed to? Nobody, you know, and like, I will say that there is a little bit of concern that I have because you do see a lot of people on social media just flashing a lot of money like, oh, you just need this amount of money to like change <laughs> your life. And and maybe, you know, maybe that is true for what they experienced, right? But the truth is that they're selling you also a product that they want you to invest in that is going to still take your initial entry cost higher than whatever theirs was, right? Because they're adding the cost of their product onto it, which is also fine. But you just need to have that mentality that not everything that glitters is gold, I'm a little bit old school, like even in my book, Success Math, A Millennial's Qualitative Approach, where I basically kind of break down the fundamentals of how to coach yourself to a good foundation um, of understanding yourself and what you want to do. I talk about like mentors and like how important it is to still have a person that you connect with that's a mentor. And maybe in this day and age, mentors may not be free, you know, and it may kind of feel like a coach. But it's going to be different, you know, like if they're actually mentoring you, there's someone that specialized in what you're trying to do, has some institutional knowledge in it, and maybe can point you in the direction of some things that will make a difference and advance you from where you currently are. Mm-hmm. Now, you can definitely um, have lifelong mentors. You can also outgrow certain mentors and, and certain coaches, therapists, you know, but, you know, exercise regimens. But you got to be open to receiving the right fit for wherever you are to get you to that next place. 100%, 100%. It's definitely about taking inventory and re, you know, reanalyzing who you are, what you're trying to become and just seeing if you have the right people around in in your circle that are going to get you from point A to point B, essentially. Um, Mm -hmm. What would, what would you say are some practical ways that someone could make that leap into real estate less intimidating? You know, it could seem very intimidating, but how can they make it less intimidating? Yeah, I would say, you know, and they may not like this answer, but I would say start your transition while you already are still in your current job. So let's say you're in a job that you don't feel like is your career, but let allow that stability to like help you while you study for the real estate exam and take that exam. And while you initially hang your license, you know, um, you might want to just keep a little part-time job because the truth is that 
that and I'm not saying like I don't want anyone to take this as me putting limiting beliefs on y'all but I also as a coach right my job with any individual is to say yo what do we want to avoid what do we want to accomplish and what is also the reality for most people right that we can look at with evidence that is objective right Mm -hmm. and if you look at like NAR the National Association of Realtors or whatever um you'll see that like the average realtor sells about 12 houses a year. That means you got to hustle every month to get that sale. And if you don't get that sale that month, you know, you may be a little stressed. So you have to already know that you're coming into a probably 100% commission situation if you're the type of person that wants the max value on every sale. Now, if you're like, you know what? That's a little scary. I will take some salary and maybe split my commission with the brokers then you have to be prepared to work a different type of real estate. It's not going to be like million dollar listing LA that you see on Bravo and they walking in and out of the 1.2 millions with the broker opens and the $50,000 <laughs> ad budget, you know, like you can get there. And if you are, and if that, and if you want to do specifically luxury real estate, then I would start thinking about realtors or real estate agents that you can meet that can mentor you that can get you into that niche because real estate is all about like everything else. Unfortunately, identifying your niche, identifying the thing that you like to do. Now, don't get me wrong. The great thing about having a real estate license is that you can sell property to anybody, commercial, residential, investor. It doesn't matter. Once you're licensed, you have the golden ticket to do whatever, Mm. but you still need to know what you're doing. Right. Because they can take that license away very easily. (laughs) Right. So I say that to say, like, straight up, do I love selling residential real estate? No, but that's not my niche. That's not what I focus on. Do I sell residential real estate to people? Absolutely. If they're the right client, if they fit within a certain parameter, if they got all their ducks in a row, absolutely. And do I limit that range of price to some degree? Now, is my niche investment? If an investor calls me, will I know exactly what to do and be able to produce a high volume of possible opportunities? Absolutely. But that's because that's my niche. And it for me, the way my brain works right? It's not the same way someone else, like someone else may not get excited by drawing a circle on a map and in their mind, calculating all these different things and being like, okay, these are the ones that I'm going to go after and try to get 20, 30, $40,000 off of the list price. They're they're not, that's not (laughs) something that excites them. Right. Mm -hmm. But I'm a psycho. And so I love that. And to me, honestly, it's just a different part of my brain that uses that as opposed to teaching yoga or coaching someone. So it really allows me to really tap into the fullness of my potential as an individual, mm-hmm. which is what I encourage everybody out there listening to do. Find the different things that really help you feel alive. Gary V, he has a wine thing. He has, a th- he has all these different things. Do they all go together? No. Does that matter? No. Why? He's making money from all of them because he loves all of them and he's doing them well. As long as you do it well, that's what matters. And, and one thing that I noticed too, Wilda, is it makes it very hard to identify your niche if you come into it having limited beliefs. 
if you already are limited in your beliefs, it's going to make it even harder to, to, to identify what you really enjoy because you already have this, this glass is glasses half empty mindset about it. Uh, so with, with that being said, not to limit this, this conversation, cause I'm, so, I'm just purely enjoying everything that you're, you're dropping in and I, I, we we probably going to have to get a part two and going like I'm just going. Okay, okay. I'm going to have to warm up the 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 audience and the millionaires out there now. We probably going to have to get a part two someday, but um, as we are running short on time, I do want to get to uh the the portion of the show and 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 the latter half of the show as well. Well, not the latter half, but the end of the show. Um, but this portion is called Pod Decks, right? And or Rapid mm-hmm. Fire is brought to you by Pod Decks, and this is just some random questions I want to ask to kind of like loosen it up, you know, okay. not to switch gears too much, uh, but lighten the mood, make it fun. And, you know, I don't want you to overthink it either. Just kind of give us the first thing that kind of comes to mind. Okay. So the first question is what would be the worst ingredients to fill a burrito with? Oh, uh, Chipotle, anything like the actual Chipotle flavor, uh, tofu. Uh. <laughs> those are, those like, are good too. <laughs> yeah, like, uh, or okra, like the inside of okra. Ugh. Gross. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with you on that one. I'm not really a fan of the Chipotle flavor either. All right. What's something that people think makes them look cool, but actually makes them look ridiculous? Oh being super swole (laughs) (laughs) all right so we we see a world is not into the super swole (laughs) no no, i mean look i'm into being fit but it's like if you can't eat bite a sandwich yeah i've seen dudes where you can't like bite. you have to lean down and you can't bite a sandwich because you can't bring your arm to your mouth then i think you've overdone it yeah, or the walk where you like your arms are like protruded out. Okay, the bulldog, the bulldog walk, I don't mind as much, but if you literally <laughs> are losing the use of your limbs to your swollenness, that's where I think it's gone too far. Okay, all right, that's 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 great clarity. All right, what <laughs> would you rather be, the most popular kid in school or the smartest kid in school? The smartest kid in school. All right, I would I would second that. Uh, what is something that you hate but wished you loved? Fish. Wow, you don't like fish. I don't. I like only shellfish and oh, raw fish. Yeah, interesting. Like sushi, um, shit like oysters, clams, all of that, cooked or raw crab, lobster, but not like like don't bring like a cooked grouper like. This. Or like shark wow. or mistake. Oh, no, I don't, I don't know people who eat shark. That's different. But I mean, like even like a, a, a like a fried fish, like whiting and stuff like that. No, I mean maybe, but like it has to basically taste like a fish stick from when I was a kid for me to eat it. I only once had fillet of sole, and mm-hmm. that was really good. But that's because like it tasted like nothing and butter. But I never, I've never ever seen soul on the menu anywhere since I was a kid. So I don't know if this shit is extinct or yeah. what, or if it's not expensive. But soul, I've never even heard of soul. I've never even heard of soul. But I've one had. thing I do know is that most people are the complete opposite. I know most people like to eat their fish super cooked, uh, but their raw fish, like sushi, is like something that people like have to like 
you got to try it. Like they got to like walk off the side of a cliff to try sushi for the people that I know. So that's interesting. And the the last question uh, for this seg- uh, segment is if you had a personal mascot, what would it be? Kalani. What is it? Kalani, Kalani? the artist. Oh my God. If she was my mascot, I would win everything. Damn. She's like more like, like a spirit animal. It's more like a spirit animal. Not like mm. a mascot. A mascot is like a, you know, they put, but like a spirit animal it would be Kalani. Wow. And it's like so weird because I feel like someone else recently said that and I'm just not sure who, but that is funny that you said that. She sounds like a very dope person. <laughs> uh, yeah, she's one of the few people that was invited to the Met Gala recently. You know, you that's an invite only. She is a, an excellent musician. She is very outspoken for the LGBTQIA community. She's a mom. She is, you know, interracial from the West Coast. I mean, bruh. <laughs> all right well will that as we starting to wrap this up i i just appreciate you taking time out of your evening to join us and dropping some nuggets on our millionaires out there who will be listening to this very soon um as we're wrapping this up i got a couple three more two more questions for you and then you know we'll, we'll wrap things up so the first one is uh this one i like to ask every single episode to our guests this season and that is for you to define what self-love means to you Wow. You know, you got me at a good time with that because I've been thinking about that for like a while. For me, self-love is being okay with all the different feelings that you might have, whatever they are at any given moment without judgment. Mm. And, And in that still giving yourself permission to find contentment if it is available to you so i think that's that for me is is self-love right now amazing and i like how you say right now because that sometimes can change the definition Mm -hmm. it it can change and it's always uh about perspective um so speaking of perspective (laughs) you run into your 18 year old self what would be some (laughs) advice that you would give 18 year old self Oh boy, like my arm here to stand up. I would say don't do anything different in college except maybe study a little bit more. Don't do necessarily anything different in law school except know that you could go into real estate after law school and that there's tons of other jobs that you can do with a law degree in a law firm that I just didn't know about. So like business development and all there's like a whole whole world of things mm-hmm. that people who go to law school and can work at law firms doing making poku money um, that I just didn't know about and that I you know didn't have enough time to think around and or evaluate because that mm-hmm. could have been different but really so that's you, pretty much it. So you wouldn't necessarily change the path, just make, make more so enlightening upon the resources available upon the path correct and then that and you know and then that way if 22 year old or 24 year old me decided to choose something different then it was because they knew more Mm -hmm. right they had more access whereas that i mean i don't regret anything that i've done and i've done a lot of things but you know (laughs) that's why you live you know to do things 
Yep, that's exactly. I 1000% agree with that. All right, well, Will, now is the time I want you to, you know, have this opportunity to, you know, plug yourself in, tell us a little bit more about where we can find you, some projects you may be super excited about, some news that you might have gotten, anything you're excited to share. Now is the time and opportunity to share that. Well, awesome. Well, it's been so great to talk with all of y'all today. You can always find me at www.awilderivera.com. If you're interested in doing a coaching consultation with me, you can set it up there. Um, You can also order my book, Success Math, a a Millennial's Qualitative Approach. I know the name sounds scary, but it's really just uh, as if me and you were sitting down just talking about a formula for you to understand yourself, to get past limiting beliefs, to identify uh, mentors and scouts and people that will help you get that foundational understanding um, of your dreams together so you can go out and, and start achieving them and putting people on your team like coaches, therapists, friends who um, support you and want you to achieve that. Um, you know, Right now, I'm not uh, leading any international retreats, but keep an eye out to awilderivera.com. And I think when things start to die down, I'll definitely be bringing that back. In the past, I've taken people uh, for seven to nine days to places like Barbados, Nicaragua, Spain and Morocco, Colombia. So, you know, definitely looking forward to bringing those back. Um, And if you are in the Atlanta uh, area, or if you are an out-of-state investor, you want to um, learn more about how you can invest in Atlanta, either passively or through your, an investment program that is reputable, you can also reach out to me uh, through wilderbear.com about that, um, and we can connect and, and get you set up and start creating that intergenerational wealth that we all need and deserve. Say it again, that we all need and deserve. Shout out to you, Awilda. I appreciate you for just taking time out of your evening again to just share with us and just to have an organic conversation. I, I just love having organic conversation and you are very knowledgeable about, you know, all the things that, you know, you shared with us today. So I'm super excited to share this with the audience. Uh, and uh, as always, for our millionaires out there, I'm super thankful to have you all a part of the show week in and week out. Thanks in advance for just becoming the change agents that I know you're bound to become as you apply the principles and the advice you heard today from Awilda. Uh, with that being said, I'm your guy, Kai Speaks, and you just heard it from Awilda Rivera on why people get a coach. Just remember to keep focused, build momentum, and drive results so that you can one day soon live abundantly. Hey guys. So thanks to you all, the Million Dollar Mind podcast has went global. The number one passion and attraction podcast in the world right now with huge support from the UK, Ireland, France, Belgium, Tanzania, and of course, the United States. With this accomplishment, we are getting bigger and better than ever. Now that said, we are soon incorporating video production and YouTube platform to the show so you guys can witness the podcast in full effect. You can now become a supporter of the Million Dollar Mind podcast by visiting the link in the description below. Share your support with me via email and you will receive a free gift. Tis the season to give.